0: about how our songs of the faith came to be and how they've encouraged, comforted, and strengthened believers like you and me. Hymn Stories is a part of the Media Gratier Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Bush.
1: More love to Thee, O Christ. More love to Thee, he-
0: Mrs. Elizabeth Payson Prentiss was the daughter of Reverend Edward Payson, who at one time was known all over the world, and whose biography could be found on nearly every family's bookshelf. She was born in Portland, Maine, on October 26, 1818. She was described as having an exquisitely trained mind, fine literary taste, and an intense sympathetic religious affect. Elizabeth began to write for publication when she was but 16 years of age. Her writing was always aimed at inspiring patience, fidelity, hope, and all goodness by showing how trust in God and loving obedience to His blessed will brightens the darkest paths and make a heaven upon earth. She became the wife of Reverend Ernest L. Prentiss in 1845. She lived to the age of 60 but never was in good health and spent a large portion of her life. An invalid. She died at her summer residence in Dorset, Vermont on August 13, 1878. Elizabeth's lifelong devotion to Christ is best reflected in her hymn, More Love to Thee, O Christ. That endeavor was the ruling passion in her life and death. Once in 1873, when she was in Dorset, she wrote to a friend saying, To love Christ more, this is the deepest need. The constant cry of my soul down in the bowling alley and out in the woods and on my bed and out driving when i'm happy and busy and when i'm sad and idle the whisper keeps going up for more love more love more love the best way to become acquainted with elizabeth printis is by reading her journal which you can find in a book called stepping heavenward elizabeth elliot said this about it it is a story of the shaping of a soul of her learning day by day in the seemingly insignificant little events of an ordinary life that deep happiness is found not in seeking fulfillment for oneself, but in a glad and free self-offering for the sake of others. Early in her Christian life, Elizabeth struggled to understand how she was to serve God and why it wasn't a joy to her. On April 12, 1835, when she was 20 years old, she wrote, "'A stone has more feeling than I do,' I don't love to pray. I am sick and tired of this dreadful struggle after holiness. The next day, she recorded a conversation she had with her mother about her internal battle. She said,
1: Here is just the rock upon which you split, she returned. You speak of going away from God, yet you rush from one extreme to another. The only true way to live in this world, constituted just as we are, is to make all our employments serve the one great end aim of our existence, namely to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. But in order to do this, we must be wise taskmasters and not require of ourselves what we cannot possibly perform. Recreation we must have. Otherwise, the strings of our soul wound up to an unnatural tension will break.
0: Much of Elizabeth's journal recounts her transition from single to married life. Indeed, stepping heavenward is a love story. Elizabeth's love for Christ, as well as her love for the man she would marry. The human part of this love story, as they often are, has some twists and turns. When Ernest first expressed to her his desire to begin a relationship with her, she immediately rejected him. As you might imagine, she was in turmoil about what she should do. She wrote in her journal on July 10, 1835, that she had in her usual headlong style, settled one of the most weighty questions of her life without reflection or prayer. She despaired, thinking that she had thrown away a heart that truly loved her. She was sad and felt alone. She wrote in her journal these words,
1: In my sorrowfulness and loneliness I fly to him, and find what is better than earthly felicity, the sweetest peace, He allowed me to bring upon myself in one hasty moment a shadow out of which I shall not soon pass, that he pities and he forgives me. And I have had many precious moments when I could say sincerely and joyfully, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you.
0: Elizabeth and Ernest did marry, and the Lord blessed them and continued to grow them both in grace. This, of course, doesn't mean that they did not meet with suffering As Samuel Rutherford said, If you were not Christ's wheat, appointed to be bread in his house, he would not grind you. Whereas Elizabeth before could not understand how one would yearn for Christ, now she could not understand how one would not. She said,
1: How strange it is that when through many years of leisure and strength, prayer was only a task. It is now my chief solace if I can only snatch time for it.
0: Three instruments the Lord used in the grinding of Elizabeth were the strivings of her married life, her own feebleness of health, and then the passing of her little child. In 1840, she came near to death. On April 5th, she wrote in her journal,
1: It is true that I expressed no anxiety when I believed death to be at hand. I felt none. I had given myself away to Christ, and he had received me. And why should I be afraid to take his hand and go where he lead me?
0: During that time, she came across a book by Caroline Fry. A paragraph in the book became especially precious to her. The passage contained some of Caroline's final words as her eternity came into view. It reads
1: This is my bridal day, the beginning of my life. I wish there could be no mistake about the reason for my desire to depart and be with Christ. I confess myself the vilest, chiefest of sinners. And I desire to go to him that I may be rid of the burden of sin, the sin of my nature, not the past, repented of every day, but the present hourly momentary sin which I do commit or may commit, the sins of which at times drive me half mad with grief.
0: Elizabeth did recover, and she thanked God for how he afflicted her so that she might know him more. She said,
1: I thank God that my very disappointments and discomforts, my feeble health, my poverty, my mortifications have done me some little good and driven me to him a thousand times because I could not get along without his help.
0: In August of 1844, her first son, whom they called Little Ernest, was taken sick. The attack was fearfully sudden and violent. As he lay severely ill, Elizabeth wrote... Oh, this agony of suspense. It eats into my soul and eats it away. Oh, my little Ernest, my firstborn son, my pride, my joy, my hope, and I thought the worst of my life was all over. It wasn't. Little Ernest passed away not long after she wrote those words. Two months later, she took up her pen again.
1: Yes, I have tasted the bitter cup of bereavement, and drunk it down to the dregs. I gave my darling to God, I gave him, I gave him. But oh, with what anguish I saw those round dimpled limbs wither and waste away, the glad smile fade forever from that beautiful face. What a fearful thing it is to be a mother.
0: Then she wrote,
1: My dear Ernest has felt this sorrow to his heart's core, But he has not for one moment questioned the goodness or the love of our Father, in thus taking from us the child who promised to be our greatest earthly joy. Our consent to God's will has drawn us together very closely. Together we bear the yoke in our youth. Together we pray and sing praises in the very midst of our tears. I was mute, I did not open my mouth, because it was you who did it. comfort is in my perfect confidence, in the goodness and love of my Father, my certainty that He had a reason in thus afflicting me, that I would admire and adore if I knew what it was, and in the midst of my sorrow I have had and do have a delight in Him before unknown, so that sometimes this room in which I am a prisoner seems like the very gate of heaven.
0: Psalm 119, 71 and 72 says, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. This episode of Him Stories. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you sing and make melody in your heart to him.